we're going to have a time of communion now. And um, I've just been thinking about if we take communion, we know the scriptures, we know what it says, we know most of it. But I want to read the passage today where it really impacted my life. Um, when we were at the conference, uh, Dr. William Murrell, he did the communion for us for 5,000 people. And it was so amazing to see uh, that people from all nations, all cultures, any ethnic group can come together and have communion together. But the scripture he used is not a familiar scripture. So I'm going to read it for you. I'm going to read from Luke 24. Um, and it's on the road to Emmaus. So it's the Emmaus Hangers. So it's a scripture of how Jesus walked with them and how Jesus preached with them and opened the word for them and encouraged them. But they didn't know who he was. He was just there. He was just talking to them. And then a very significant scripture is the verse I'm going to read from. It's Luke 24, 28. It says, As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is, it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So we went in to stay with him. When he was at the table with him, he took bread gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Verse 31. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those who were with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen, and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what, they, what happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when they broke the bread. So, very significant, is sometimes we hear the word, but our eyes are not yet opened. And our ears are not yet opened. Unless we take and we appropriate what Jesus has done for us, then our eyes will be open and our ears will be opened. So it's very significant what happened here. They walked in the way, they heard the scripture, it burned inside of them. So in other words, sitting today, to, maybe today, you walk out here and it feels like, wow, that was a good sermon, but that's all. But when they took the bread and the cup, their eyes were opened. It brought life. It brought significance to them. It gave them hope again. So as we partake today, I pray that our eyes would be opened, our ears would be opened to recognize Jesus, what he has done on the cross for us. To recognize Jesus, that he came to give us life, and life in abundance in every area of our lives. So significant. It's not just we can do this as a ritual. We can do it. Yes, we've done it before. But today I want you to know, if you partake of this, this is truly in remembrance of what Jesus has done.
and we can speak it, we can declare it over our lives. Lord, open my spiritual eyes. Open my spiritual ears. I want to hear you. I want to know who you are. So sometimes we walk in life when we don't know he's right there with us. We don't see him. So Father, today, just have a quiet time. Because also significant is we know we cannot partake of this if there's any, unfor any unforgiveness in our hearts. If we hold something against anyone. So Father, I pray this morning as we sit here today, Lord, whoever there is that we feel we have offense against, unforgiveness, maybe judgment, Lord, we just want to come and bring that to you today, Lord. Lord, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive that person. Lord, I choose to, to set them free, to open my heart where I've imprisoned them in my heart and kept them. Father, I choose to forgive today. Lord, if there's any judgment that I hold against anybody else, forgive me, Lord, for judging. Forgive me, Lord, for holding on to that judgment and receiving it back and back again in my life. I want to turn away from it today. I want to break it today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, forgive me. Lord, I allow your grace, your mercy, to come and bring healing in my heart now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we don't want to just forgive to receive. We don't want to for forgive to forget. We want to forgive to surrender. To surrender to you today, Lord. We surrender our all to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we receive your forgiveness now in Jesus' name. We receive what you have done for us, Lord. We receive everything, Jesus, that you've done on the cross. You died for all our iniquities, all our sins, all our transgressions, everything, Lord. And we receive it today. We receive it now, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to ask, uh, can you maybe give it out the, the elements? You can sit there and I will pray for all of us when we take. So take the cup, take the bread, and then I'll pray for us to take it together. Can I ask you maybe this side? And there's also, who can I ask there? Um, maybe Charles, thank you, just to give it out there.
Thank you, Jesus. Um, just the night before you. Sure. Put on the cross, Lord, that you said, take this. This is my body that was broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And Lord, as we partake of this today, we remember that your body was broken for us. In Jesus' name. In the same way, Lord, we partake of this cup, Lord. Thank you that there's power and healing in your blood, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as we partake of this today, Lord, open our eyes. Open our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears to see you more, to experience you more in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Wasn't that special? Thank you, Lord. Won't you put your hand on your chest and say, so thank you that you're here, Jesus. Thank you that you're here, Lord. Thank you that you're here. Thank you. So, which means that you're not here by accident. He's come with us. He's brought us. So I really trust that your, as your eyes are opened, as your ears are opened, that the Lord's going to share his secrets with us. Thank you, Lord. I just wanted to share um, something that kind of is an overflow from, from the conference and also what's been happening in the Middle East on um, last Saturday. Um, and then I want us just to pray together, if we can do that. Um, last um, Saturday, it's Satan unleashed something on the face of the earth, which we haven't really witnessed and seen before. Babies that were beheaded in their cots and things like that. I mean, you just can't imagine the the destructive nature of the enemy yeah. as he as he did that you know so um what we're inclined to do is often to pick up the narrative that is given to us by the by the wider world and not realize the, that there's a, a, a powerful kingdom mandate narrative playing out amongst us read read matthew 24 this week read it a few times because it's not just a picture of what's to come it's how we can how we can prepare ourselves about what is to come and um, it's important that we that we are not caught by accident and it says to us that many of the elect will be deceived so we don't want to be part of that do we I mean so we want to be be prepared for it but it was it's the, the Bible says to us very clearly that we must pray for Israel and I'm, I'm hoping that we're all doing that um, the, the reality, though, is that last, um, at the conference, we had big badges, and on many of the badges, there were red dots. And the red dot represented the people that came from, from nations where it was illegal to be a Christian, persecuted nations. Um, I had the privilege many years ago of sitting at the APEC conference, the Asian conference, and right next to me was a table. We were sitting in the 
in the, nation, the nations that we represented in the, in the table. Right next to us was people that came from Myanmar that was that it, it absolutely illegal to be a Christian. Where they catch you, they kill you. Some of them came across the river, swam across the river to be there. Y your faith is kind of dwarfed when you sit next to people like that and you hear their stories. What they've gone through to serve Christ humbles us as we see how many of them have put their lives out there. The reality is that in Gaza are churches. The reality in Gaza are missionaries. The reality is in Gaza, and I think, there's every nation pastors. You know what I'm saying? I mean, amongst that, that horrible picture that we've got, Christ's at work. And we need to remember when we pray, not to get caught up in the rhetoric of the world and want to see everybody dead, but that we, that we, but, but we allow the Spirit of God to renew our understanding as to what is happening. Jesus has come, and I really believe the Jewish nation is a time clock for us as a Christians. We need to honor our roots uh, as, um, as Jesus is, as the Jewish nation is for us. And so we need to pray for them. We really need to constantly pray for them because they, I mean, history tells us that they are the most persecuted people on the face of this earth, and we need to pray for them for that reason. Um, but on the other side, Jesus, it, Jesus didn't come just for the Jew. He came for the Gentiles, of which we are as well. And so you will, as you, if you look at right across the east in, in Egypt, in just about every one of the, in Iran, we've got churches. Do you know what I'm saying? The, the, the crucible, the embryo of evil in the Middle East. We, we look at that nation, we say it's, all it's doing is spewing forth the fear the cruelty that Satan is, is helping them to think up. And so it is coming from there. But right in the middle of it, Christ's at work. And so I really want us to pray with that perspective as we're praying. Lord, keep them safe. We pray for those in Gaza who want nothing to do with Hamas or the evil that comes out of, out of Gaza. There's many people that are just being converted a little while ago and now the bombs are raining around them. You know what I'm saying? So, Father, we want to pray for Israel. We want to thank you, Lord, for, for your witness and your testimony through that nation to us. Thank you that we can be part of, of them. We can be grafted into them, Father. And thank you for the life that we can enjoy today because of who they are, Lord. We, we thank you, Father, for them. And for that reason, Father, we want to ask you, and we want to petition heaven, Father, that you will bring relief, clarity, Father, to them. Bring peace to them. And even in the midst of turmoil with their facing, Father, as a nation, we want to pray, Lord, for the witness of your gospel to be a safe hiding place for them, that they'll run into Jesus at this time and find peace, Lord. But, Father, we want to bring Gaza to you, the, 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 Palestine, the Palestinians to you, Father. We know that many of them, love you. Many of them are serving you. And so, Father, we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in that nation to protect them from the evil that is being spawned right around them in Jesus' name. Right around them, Father, their neighbors are caught up in, in terrorism. they in fear of their lives, Father, and now they've got bombs raining down on them. And, Father, we want to pray for you to keep them safe at this time. Our brothers and sisters across the Middle East, Father. 
Father, we want to pray that even in this, there'll be a clarion call and a, a power of the cross revealed across the Middle East, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that the clarity of the message will not be confused with the presence of the Americans or the outside forces, but Father, that you will rise up as a testimony among them, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's continue to pray for them, but let's pray with a kingdom mindset. Shall we do that as we, as we pray for our brothers and sisters across the, uh, the Middle East? I was, um, I said to Jill last night, as we were kind of just spending a bit of time relaxing, and um, I, just, I just sensed, I had a sermon all prepared. It's on my computer back at home. I had it all prepared. And um, I was just sitting there, I had a dis-ease in my spirit. I had a dream a couple of nights before that, that I'd lost something. And I was searching and searching and searching. And you know when you lose something, you always look for it. I don't know if you're the same, but you lose something special that, you, that, you, that, that has been meaningful to you, and it's gone. That next day, wherever you go, you look. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you go to somewhere else, isn't it? There? And I had that feeling when I woke up in the morning that it's gone. It was something special uh, to me, and it was, but it was gone. It was a treasure, and it was gone. And so I, had, I woke up looking. I woke up looking for something that hadn't disappeared, but I had the, the longing for finding something that, wasn't, that was part of my dream. And so that went on for a day or two. And it settled last night when the Lord dropped something else into my spirit. So I went to my computer and I tore up the message, pushed it aside, and I said, Lord, well, tell me, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? And I really believe that there's folks sitting here today, as the Lord started to speak to me, there's folks sitting here today that if you've been hearing so much about miracles, signs and wonders, there's a longing in your heart to see God. There's a longing in your heart to experience Him in His fullness. Now, I want the Lord to, to minister that longing. I want Him to come this morning. So it's not going to be the power of a message. It's going to, I really want to call us out this morning to come and prostrate ourselves before Him and say, Lord, come, I need you. I'm desperate, like that woman with the issue of blood. It's crowded of people around Jesus, and she reached through the crowd. All she needed was to touch his cloak. Many of us are there, aren't we? And we've gone, and we've, we've prayed, and we've pursued, but we still need. We've still got a longing in our hearts. I know that God, by his Spirit, can, can fill that longing. I know that he can bring his peace. I know he can bring his joy. I came to know the Lord through a miracle that I saw. It wasn't my miracle, but it's when I saw somebody else healed in front of me, and I was, I was in the world, very much in the world, and I saw this miracle, and it brought me to my knees. It had a profound effect on my life, in that I was, I was a good guy, I wafted, wafted in and out of church every now and again, and I was living a double life. And Jesus came and transformed my life, changed it upside down, through a miracle that I saw. So I know that I know that I know that God still does miracles today. I often, that's been a memorial. As I look back on my life, it's been a memorial for me. has been that. I, look, I saw it with his eyes. I know 
that God does heal. God does do miracles amongst us. And I found this quote from Patience Johnson, who is a doctor, a very successful doctor, a business doctor. And it says, there is a miracle in our mess. Don't let the mess make you miss the miracle. Some of us are sitting with a thing sometimes, and, we, and, and, and we're sickling with it. Is it in there somewhere is a miracle. Let's not miss the miracle because we're so focused on the mess. A miracle is a, demonst- is a demonstrating that he, has, that he can engage our mess and fix it when we can't. So let's, let's bring it to him again. And, uh, and remind ourselves that miracle has actually got very little to do with me. It's got to do a lot with the kingdom of God. And uh, we need to discover that, maybe for ourselves for the first time. I know that when I look at my own life, and maybe you do as well, that I sometimes cannot trust where I'm at with God because I've been so infected by my environment. Maybe you've been able to isolate yourself and insulate yourself since you got born again. I haven't been. I've been exposed to the demonic forces of hell around me, cast demons out of people. I've seen a horrible side of life and there's, a, and there's something in me that needs to die constantly so that I can receive him in his fullness. It's just, it's just the way it is. I hope you've been more successful, but I know that because it's tainted me, I need to continually have my mind refreshed and renewed by him so that I can receive him in his, in his fullness. Why do we sometimes struggle to see healing miracles? I think one of the biggest, and someone asked me this question uh, a month or two ago, and it's obviously had me thinking every now and again. Thank you for asking the difficult questions. Um, I, I, um, I, I honestly think that the biggest issue with us not experiencing miracles in the fullness is that we do not understand the bigness and the vastness of the spirit world and how it works. Yeah. I really believe that that's the reason. I don't believe it's because of our fallen nature. That is per se, but Jesus died for that. I can't be good enough and gooder for him to do a miracle in my life. It's impossible. It's impossible. I will never be good enough. But the cross has paid for it. So if I hold the cross up, it's done. It's done. It's already done. And so in that frailty, I can come to him and say, Lord, I need a revelation of your greatness. And what happens in the, in the, in the spirit world is that this is not only Jesus and angels. I wish there was. There's Satan and demons. And many of them have been cast down to the earth. And unfortunately, fortunately, praise God, I've met some of them. I know some of you have too. You've smelt the foulness that comes out of them. You've heard the cursing that comes out of the pit of hell as you've cast demons out of people. And you understand that the nature of Satan is being displayed in the middle. That's him. That's him. That's how he operates in the Middle East right now. That's his nature. That's him expressing himself on the face of the earth. And so we mustn't think that we can be somehow isolated and insulated from that. We're living in that domain with him. But Jesus has come so that we don't have to be subject to that domain, which is huge. 
And so we've got these two kingdoms, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God, that as we are walking around, as we're living out our faith, these two kingdoms have hugely impacted on each other. And that's why it's called the kingdom of God, because the enemy will lose and his kingdom will be defeated and the kingdom of God will... Go and read Matthew 24. Go and read Revelations. It's coming. We don't need to fear trauma and death. We need to deal with it, but we don't need to feel fear, trauma, and death. In fact, after the lightning struck, Jill and I said, Jill, it'll be lovely to go. It's just how we felt at that time, the peace that came with it. We didn't realize it was just a fast charge, but, it, um, <laughs> but Daniel in chapter 10 says something like this, which gives us a kind of an overall picture of what was happening on the face of the earth at that time. He says, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, speaking of a demonic realm. But Michael, one of the chief princes, speaking one of the angels, came to help me, for I was left there with the king of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the last latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. So yes, Daniel, seeking from God, but the angel is, comes late. And says, I've been detained. I've actually been detained. I don't think it happens like that anymore. But I think there is a huge impact that the, that the kingdom of darkness has on us. Elisha's servant or his assistant, when they were, when they were um, fleeing the, the Philistines, he said, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? Listen to the language of the servant who doesn't understand the domain. He doesn't understand what's happening in the spirit. Lord, what shall we do? Speaking to Elisha, what shall we do? Elisha's, I think he's cooking and drinking his cup of coffee early in the morning. Don't be afraid, the prophet says to him. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, and this is what I really pray for us, as a, as a, as a people in, in God's children in George. This is what I pray. Open his eyes so that he can see. You see, we live in this world, and our eyes are closed often. I'm not saying that we just like, physically closed, but we don't see, we don't see what God's doing. We don't understand. We don't identify with, with what he is doing. And then he said, open his eyes, Lord. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Lord, give us that perspective. Give us that perspective. We struggle this greater info. Why don't we see miracles? Because we struggle to understand that there is a demon principalities and, and demons that are orchestrating our downfall as Christians. They're coming to steal from you and me. They're coming, they ultimately want to kill you and me. In our, hopefully in our struggle and sin and not knowing God and destroy us ultimately. That's his role. That's his job title, by the way. If you could put it on his CV, that's his job title. Coming to steal, kill and to destroy. Lord, open our eyes so that we can see and be revolted 
by what he's doing in George, in Jesus' name. We may not walk past somebody who's been ravaged by the enemy and not feel for it. And not understand that we are sometimes the answer to them coming out of their life of misery and pain. We can't do it. How can we as Christians do that? How can we see somebody who's suffering from sickness, for instance, and know that Jesus has called us and given us a mandate to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons? How can we be? We cannot be. We've got to understand that, that God has not brought us here to have church on Sundays. Please, church, we've got to be more effective than that. I'm not saying we aren't. I mean, I'm really so thankful for the family's desire to see more. Maybe there's another reason that we give up too soon. We become fatalistic in our sickness. We become comfortable in our sickness, as it were. And can I pray for you? Oh, no, no worry. Can I? Let me pray for you again. No, 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 no. I'm okay. You know, you know we become comfortable in carrying this, this uh, sickness. And, and he told them a parable, Jesus to the effect that they should always pray and not lose heart. He said there was, in a certain city, there was a judge and neither fear God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterwards, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet this woman is wearing me out. <laughs> she keeps on asking. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will God not give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night, who persevere, who push in day and night? Will God not give justice to his elect? God's got you and me on his heart. He wants to see us healed. But he doesn't want us to have a fatalistic attitude towards our misery and just accept it. I tell you, he will give justice to them. This is Jesus. He will give justice to them. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, comes, and this is maybe the key, will he find faith on the earth? You see, faith is important in unlocking the treasure house of God. We don't just wander into it. We need to understand that when we go and stand before the vault, that we have the key. Before the vault of God's blessing. When you stand before that, that window in heaven that the Lord opens up, that we have the answer because we are his children. Another reason is sin doesn't just appear and disappear. It has to be atoned for. This is a scary one, I know. It doesn't just disappear. What happens... When, excuse my, my, my dad, for, on, for, for argument's sake, I mean, he's gone and, uh, and, and been with the Lord for many years now. But what happens if he murders somebody? We live on a farm, he murders somebody, shoots somebody. He dies. What happens to the sin? Does it disappear? Does it just, when he dies, do we bury the sin with him? No. You see, there's nothing like that in Scripture. Sin has to be atoned for. 
it, sin doesn't just disappear. Jesus died for that sin. And so what happens is the people, young David comes along and he doesn't understand what has happened and he's come and he's born into that and he's receiving the benefit of the land, but it wonders why things start going wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the sin hasn't been atoned for. Someone has to, and hopefully it is young David, goes before the Lord and he says, Lord, my father sinned against you and against them. Help me, Lord, give, make restitution, but forgive me. For I'm standing on behalf of the sin that was perpetrated on this land. Help me, Father, to receive the blessing. You see, God's a righteous God. He's a righteous judge. And so he can't look at the other man that has been killed and say, oh, well, it's all right. You've been killed. It's okay. He judges sin. He judges all sin. He has to. That's why he died on the cross, because he's a righteous judge. And so that when things happen like that, we need to come to him and say, Lord, show me. John says to us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's not just that, Lord, we come and we deal with a sin. He says, no, I'm washing you like it never happened. I'm removing it as far as the east is from the west. I'm cleansing you of this because you come to me. So we need to run to him. So we need to see the root of the problem. We need to understand that I'm standing here as I come before the Lord, that I'm standing here, Lord, at your mercy, show me. This is why I've been nagging us for two years to hear the voice of the Lord. Please forgive me for it, but I'm not going to... No, I mustn't ask. I mustn't apologize. I mustn't apologize. I'm going to nag until we are all happily and hearing our dreams, hearing God's voice so that we can live by the rhema voice of God as he speaks to us. It's so important. It's so important that we do that. Demons, I've spoken about them enough, enough but they... Um, brought a boy to Jesus and his, his disciples couldn't heal him. They, they tried. Eventually they, they gave up and Jesus turned to them and uh, said to them, oh, you faithless generation. <laughs> his disciples who'd witnessed miracles, Jesus standing and healing leprosy, raising people from the dead and here they come and they're sickling to heal this boy. You know what I'm saying? It's not, we are not living in a perfect scientific expose of the miracle working power of God. Jesus wants to connect with your heart and my heart and have a relationship with us so that he can, so that we can in the middle of the night when someone comes along and asks us to pray, he says, Dave, why are you tolerating it? Gives us a dream that hopefully we start to understand and gives us a key. So that we are we're able to heal people. Had a woke up with a with a woman's face a while ago, and it was so clear. It was it was like I could smell her perfume. And I said to Jill the next morning, I said, "You know, I've got this woman's face that I just." And I explained it to her. 
She has a phone call from the hospital that morning, and it's that woman. You know what I'm saying? It's God wants to give us. He wants to give us those answers to people. I mean, that was a small thing. But he wants, I mean, Joel could go, and I went and visited her later. I said to him, I introduced myself to her, and I said to her, you know, the least I want you to know is that God loves you because he showed me your face before I came. I know you because he showed me. You know, so, so it's wonderful to know that God knows us. And so I wonder, why can't we pray for each other this morning? If, you, if you've been waiting for the Lord to manifest himself to you, for something, if there's something in your life that you need to, to see a breakthrough in, it might be a healing. It might be a relationship, and this high on God's agenda, by the way. He calls us, he asks us to forgive us one another. Yarpi led us this morning. It's key, key in us living free, and the Lord speaking to us, is that there's no issues that are weighing on us. There's relationship things. If, if, if you're expecting God to heal you, and when I say expecting, it's not coming and asking, it's expecting. Yes, thank you, Lord, here I am. I'm here to receive it. It's different to just coming and praying. I want us to stand. Won't we do that? But I want to ask first, before we just all stand, if you've got a relationship that you're struggling with, please, and I'm just all of us at some time struggle with relationships. So I'm not singling anybody out as I'm saying that. But if there's a relationship breakthrough that you're struggling with, We've all got our testimonies in the past, but the Lord has helped us break through areas of difficulty in relationships. Won't you stand? I just want to pray with you, and then we're going to pray for us all for healing. Won't you, won't you just stand if there's a relationship that you're expecting a breakthrough in? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before I pray, won't you just say, I forgive? I forgive. Mention that person's name. You don't have to mention it loud. Mention it to yourself, to the Lord. I forgive. I forgive. Thank you, Lord, that you set me free. Thank you that you set me free, Lord. I want to pray for the blessing for this person, our Father. I want to pray, Lord, that you will bless them with yourself. Bless them, Father, with a revelation of who you are. I forgive them. I thank you, Father, that I can love them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You might not feel that love. It might not be an emotional response. But the God, has called, God has called us to love our enemies. So if you need to see them as an enemy, at least you need to love them. If they are still, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Thank you, Lord, that you forgive us that you set us free from the bondage of unforgiveness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And now if, you, if you're sick, if you've been trusting the Lord for something over and over and over again, maybe, won't you just stand as well? Those of you who've got forgiveness issues, relational issues, you can sit down. Those who've got healing issues, you want to come to the Lord for healing. Won't you stand? Won't you stand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
once you, if you sit if you sitting next to them or in front of them, why don't you turn around and just pray for them, lay hands on them, and pray for them. Just look around you, look around you. If there's folk around you that are standing, just put lay your hands on them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing. Thank you, Father. Father, now we come to you by the power of the cross. Father, every stripe that fell on your back paid for our sickness and our disease. And Father, we're not going to tire coming to you to ask you, Father, for, for that to be manifest in our bodies. And so, Lord, we ask you to manifest the risen Christ with his healed back, that that has been restored, Father, to manifest that in our lives now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Just move that part of your body that you're praying for. Just move it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing, Lord. We won't tire, Father, coming to a righteous judge. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you just receive his love now? He loves you. He loves you. Don't see his nature through your sickness. See, see his nature through your love, through the healing that you've just received. God loves you. His, his back was scarred for that which you asked him for right now because he loves you. Just embrace that this morning. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that healing. Thank you for that healing. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, and I want to thank you that as we come to you, the kingdom of the living God, that you keep us safe from the wiles of the enemy. Father, I want to pray that our eyes too might be opened like Elisha's servant. Help us, Lord, for our eyes to be opened so that we'll see what's happening around us and understand, Father, where you are doing things, that we can partner with you in seeing your glory come to the city. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please confess the healing and not the sickness.